Welcome to the Books Talk podcast from Lincoln City Libraries. This program was recorded at the South Branch Library on January 26, 2017. Members of the Just Desserts Mystery Discussion Group discuss anthologies and collections they've recently read. Thank you for joining us for Just Desserts this evening. Tonight is an experiment which we're calling Anthologies and Short Story Collections, in which all the attendees of Just Desserts uh, were encouraged to read either an anthology with a multitude of different authors in it, or a short story mystery collection where all the stories are by the same author. The, the concept here sort of mirrors what we have done all these years with Just Desserts, is introducing you to authors that you might not otherwise have had a chance to sample, and anthologies are a really good way of doing that. In fact, um, in my position at the library, one of the things I often recommend if somebody's looking for an idea for uh, authors to try and they really don't know where to begin is I'll take them to the 81308 section and point out thematic anthologies and say, this will expose you to a dozen different authors in one book, and maybe you'll fall in love with the writing style of one of those and f- go on to that person's novels, or maybe you'll discover that you actually are a lover of short stories. Short story work is a totally different style of work than novels. I mean, some people really, and maybe we'll hear from people that fall into this category, some people really do not like short stories. They prefer the longer depth of a novel because it allows you to get into the characterization and the more details and stuff. And some people absolutely love the craft of the short story because it really requires a deft hand if you're going to do it very well. Um, so with that in mind, as we pass the microphone around the table tonight, um, everybody hopefully has read one of those two categories, either an anthology or a short story. What I would ask is give your first name and then identify the book that you read and then just very briefly describe, first of all, what caught your eye about that particular one, what made you choose that one, and if there were any specific stories and authors included in that that you particularly enjoyed, if there's stuff that you really disliked, yeah, I mean, you can certainly say that, but we're really looking for recommendations, things that people might um, trigger off of and, and enjoy reading themselves. So I will start that off by saying I am Scott. And based on several recommendations from several friends, including members of this group, I read the collection called Face Off, which is edited by David Baldacci and came out about two, three years ago. Um, I know people were reading it when it came out in hardback. It's now out in a trade paperback. It includes 11 crossover stories. And I will have to admit... Um, as a fan of fanzines, fan fiction, where people were writing Star Trek stories and Starsky and Hutch stories and things like that, I grew up reading fanzines in which uh, fans of those TV shows would write stories in which those characters would cross over with each other. So you'd have people from Star Trek crossing over with people from Space 1999 and stuff like that. Illogical, totally ridiculous combinations of characters. Well, this book does that with the mystery thriller field. I mean, these are, these are all authors who are members of the International Thriller Association, and it basically has 11 stories in which two well-known mystery thriller authors take their most prominently known character and cross it over with another author. So it's basically stories that are co-written by two well-known authors featuring each of their primary characters meeting in scenarios that should never have happened, especially <laughs> because the publishing industry would not allow that. But this was written as uh, basically a charity thing, and the publishers all gave up their rights for those stories to say, yep, you can use those characters. So, the things that I enjoyed the most about it, there were, there were some things in here out of 22 different authors, 11 stories, two authors each, um, there were some where I was not familiar with those works. In fact, there were some stories where I didn't know either of the two primary characters, and so I really had a hard time judging that particular collection. But the ones that I was familiar with, I really, really did like the last story in the collection, which features Lee Child's Jack Reacher versus 
and they, they call them verses. All of them are one character versus another. Well, that's not really how it worked. They all basically teamed up and worked together, but Lee Child's Jack Reacher versus Joseph Finder's Nick Heller. That was really, really nicely done. There were a couple of other um, interesting ones. Um, I have read the Repairman Jack series by F. Paul Wilson, and, and that character crossed over with um, Michael Quinn, a character from Heather Graham novels, both of which deal with slightly paranormal storylines, and so that, that was an interesting twist. I really liked the police procedural elements of Ian Rankin's John Rebus character crossing over with Peter James's Roy Grace. I'm not familiar with the Roy Grace series, um, but I love John Rebus, and I could I could tell which sections were written by each author. And last but not least, uh, Dennis Lehane's Patrick Kinsey crosses over with Michael Connolly's Harry Bosch. Um, all four of those stories really stuck out as really strong in this collection. Some of the others I didn't care for, I'll admit. So it's a mixed bag as an anthology, but... If you like any of these authors and their individual characters, this is a little different than a lot of anthologies where you're going to get just original characters and not series characters appearing, that kind of thing. This one was fascinating, and I, I liked enough of these characters that I was curious to see where they would go with them, and I enjoyed it. it it's like watching uh, Star Trek Next Generation and having somebody from Star Trek Deep Space Nine guest star for an episode or something. So, so that was me, Scott, reading Face Off, edited by David Baldacci, and I do give it a thumbs up. I'm Jody, and I read In Sunlight or in Shadow, stories inspired by the paintings of Edward Hopper. And it was edited by Lawrence Block. It caught my eye as soon as it came into the library because I love Edward Hopper's paintings. And I have two that are favorites, Room in New York and Nighthawk. And just by coincidence, the stories that went along with those were written by Stephen King for Room in New York and uh, by Michael Connolly for Nighthawk. And in the Nighthawk one, Michael Connolly did use his character of Harry Bosch, and it was a lot of fun. I think from now on, when I, when I see Room in New York, which I think is usually housed at Sheldon <coughs> here, in, here in Lincoln, except for when it's out on visiting, I'll probably reaching to, be reaching to hold hands with someone next to me because I'm forever going to hear something in the closet behind the characters that I've never, <laughs> never noticed in the painting before. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. The stories were all about 10 pages. I'd say 95% of the short stories were mysteries. Besides Stephen King and uh, Michael Connolly, it also has Jeffrey Deaver and Lee Child and Lawrence Block as some of the writers and it was a lot of fun. I'm Joan, and I read the big book of Christmas mysteries. I did not read all of them, because that's a big book. It's edited by Otto Pinsler. It had something for everyone. My favorite authors were Agatha Christie, Mary Roberts, Reinhardt, and Donald Westlake. But my very favorite was O. Henry. One of the nice things about that collection is it runs the gamut from current, current authors to old, old classics. So. Yep. My name is Mary, and I read an anthology called Killer Year, which was edited by Lee Child. It came out in 2008, and there were two stories. I thought most of them were good. Of course, there were a couple that just didn't, didn't appeal to me. But two of them, one was called A Failure to Communicate, and it was written by a woman, Tony McGee Causey three men to go to hold up a gun store and the woman that works there is named Bobby Faye Summerall 
and the characters are funny. The situation is funny. Two of the guys think they're there to make a million dollars robbing this gun store, and the other guy is trying to buy, is trying to get, steal these crystals, which he can't afford, which are going to cause this woman to fall in love with him. Anyway, the characters were funny, the situation was funny, but it was actually a pretty good mystery, figuring out as it goes along what's going to happen in the ending. And the other one was called One Serving of Bad Luck. And it was written by Sean. I, I think it's sure cover, but I'm not exactly sure that's right. The character was Ray Dungeon, and he's hired to find a witness in a case where a woman has been crippled in an accident. And he needs to find this witness so that she can win her case. And he does find the witness, and the situation quickly erupts into some unexpected things and resolves itself. But it, it was a very good story, the way that the characters were good and the story was good, the way the story played out. So I enjoyed both of those. I'm Tracy, and I read the anthology. It's called Bigfoot Killed My Wife, and it's by Joan Hess, writing as Joan Hadley. It is 11 stories of jealousy, uh, lunacy, and murder. And the story that I enjoyed the most was Bigfoot Killed My Wife, the title story. It's a rich guy who planned out his whole life and thought that he had everything going for him except for the gal that he married who was his ticket into the rich life. Turned out to be kind of a hag and he doesn't like her. And so he figures if he can get her away and have Bigfoot kill her, then everything will be perfect. Which of course, you know, is Bigfoot real, whatever. <laughs> so um, it just kind of follows that and he's got everything planned out. And it's just so funny because I think it's it's always ironic to read the difficulties that super rich people have that would never even cross my mind, you know, like where am I going to find, what what cabin am I going to find in Vermont for us to go to that's secluded, that's off the the tourist attraction area, but it has, you know, all the, the luxuries of home that she wants and, you know, it's, these are things that would never ever happen to me, so it's just always kind of funny. <laughs> so I had never read um, Joan Hess before and I see her on the list of, of people that we should consider revisiting, so I would like that because I really enjoy short stories. I don't know if she res writes a lot of those, but um, I did enjoy And it was Joan Hess writing as what? As Joan Hadley, H-A-D-L-E-Y. But I am a big fan of, of short stories, and this was a fun collection. So. My name is Don, and I read the book, Books to Die For, The World's Greatest Mystery Writers on the World's Greatest Mystery Novels. The hitch in this get-along is our HPIC read this book and gave a report on it to fellow librarians, right? Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot. Well, that doesn't include anybody else here. Okay. <laughs> and there's a couple that I really liked here. Mickey Spillane said, people don't read books to get to the middle. They read to get to the end, uh -huh. meaning our responsibility as authors is to grab the readers by the throat in the first scene and do whatever is necessary to get to the last page, ideally in one sitting. Jeffrey Deaver says, there is a distinction between surprises and reversals. A surprise occurs when an author intensely sets up facts to misdirect the writer, readers and ultimately reveals what they believed. A reversal is simply an unexpected occurrence or revelation that leads to a change in characters' actions going forward. It can occur without any setup whatsoever. This is from Jeffrey Deaver's critique of John F. John D. McDonald's book, The Executioners, a.k.a. Cape Fear. 
Now, this next one is a quote from Christina Polaris's critique of the book Procesis or Processus, and I'd love to get that book, but it's a 1980. There is nothing more sinister than the smile of a skull. It is a petrified rictus, cod, expressionless, and unchanging. It is a wrap that has slammed shut, clapping on its prey, and never letting go. It is a laugh that contains no joy, a forced smile, a smile of pain, menace, and cruelty. The grin is of an executioner who pretends to be your friend before causing you damage. Nothing funny is happening now. There's nothing to laugh about, but soon, yes, very soon, just the thought of it. <laughs> the term noir, is that how you pronounce that, noir. is associated with a type of detective story in which the resolution of the mystery is not the principal goal and the conflicts are usually quite violent. The line between good and evil is blurred and most of the main characters have lost or failed in their search for truth or at least a glimpse of it. And one of the evil characters in here says, I kill, therefore I am. Which is opposite of the existentialist, I think, therefore I am. I kill, therefore I am. I loved it because John Connolly, I started reading when I graduated the first time from college at 20. He has become my all-time favorite author, John Connolly, out of the hundreds and hundreds of authors because his writing is so brilliant. I'm Vera, and um, I read The Mistletoe Murder by P.D. James. And um, it's a new book published in 2016, and these were four short stories that had not previously been published, so this was after her death, so it was a real treat to read them. They're all little masterpieces. Uh, the book itself uh, has a preface by Val McDermott, uh, which is excellent, and she actually, a foreword, she talks about um, the skill of writing a short story, and then um, P.D. James herself uh, has a preface where she sort of gives a, a tutorial in the art of writing the short story, and those two things alone are worth reading even if you don't read the short stories. Uh, the Mistletoe Murder is also the name of one of the stories, and P.D. James herself is the narrator of that story. And uh, she said that she was, I don't know how true this is, I, I have a feeling it isn't, but she places herself as the narrator, and she said people are always asking her, uh, since she writes mysteries, did she ever have one in her own life? And so she proceeds to tell a story that takes place at um, an isolated manor house on Christmas Eve, and uh, it occurs in a locked room. So that one was fun. Two of the others deal with Adam Dalglish. The Twelve Clues of Christmas is oh, kind of clever and funny, and uh, the newly promoted Sergeant Dalglish is on the way to his aunt's for a Christmas Eve dinner, and he gets sidetracked to a manor house called Harkerville Hall. And then uh, the Boxdale Inheritance is written when he is Chief Superintendent Adam Dogleash. I think maybe that one was my favorite uh, of them. Highly recommend the book. I'm Barb, and I read uh, A Treasury of Great Mysteries. 
sort of put together by Howard Haycroft and John B. Croft. I don't know who they are, but this was volume one that my mom had bought at a long ago book sale. It was published in 1957, so these are not new stories. And there were 10 different authors from Agatha Christie, Earl Stanley Gardner, Edgar Wallace, George Simeon, Patrick Quentin, who I'd never heard of before, Mary Robert Reinhardt, John Dixon Carr, Ellery Queen, Margaret Allingham, William Irish, and Eric Ambler. The first one was called The Murder in the Calais Coach, which I quickly realized was The Murder on the Orient Express. They changed mm. the title apparently for the, mur for the movie. But the original title was The uh, Murder in the Calais Coach. And I like the Earl Stanley Gardner, Perry Mason one, The Crimson Kiss. The one that I really didn't like was the Edgar Wallace, The Treasure Hunt. I felt like I'd been dropped in the middle of a story that I had no idea how I'd gotten there or where it was going. And the other one I didn't much care for was Mary Reinhardt's The Secret, because I, she kept talking about The Secret and The Secret, and I thought, where she's going with this, you know. Was it was it a MacGuffin then? I mean, a, a false lead that that really didn't have anything to do with it. I didn't know what the secret was supposed to be because I'd okay. never written any of her, read any of her books before, so I wasn't quite sure. Okay. So I really liked it. Good. Well, I'm Jenny, and I tried three anthologies and ended up with this one, Manhattan Mayhem, edited by Mary Higgins Clark. And I kind of had high hopes for it because it had Jeffrey Deaver and Lee Child and Mary Higgins Clark. But I can't really tell you any of the stories were too memorable. I'm afraid I'm not really a short story person. And so they just don't really thrill me too much. So I try to take it up one little notch. And I found these books, which they're all over the library now, called uh, Bookshots. And they're what I'd call a short story, but the librarian called it what, a novella. Um, the ones I've read four or five by Patterson, and they vary tremendously according to who the real author is. But they're intriguing and they're fun and they don't take very long. So isn't that a definition of a short story, I hope? <laughs> yep. uh, valid traditionally is anything under 50,000 words. Well, there you go. I'm Ida, and I read the Best American Mystery Stories, the 2015 version. I picked up mainly because Lee Child was one of the story authors. Uh, most of the stories I did enjoy, but I liked more development in the characters. The one thing that I did notice with the one that Lee Child had written, it has a lot of connection to his last book that I just finished reading, where they have, um, in the book, they have, they're trying to find something that they don't know what it is, <coughs> but they know it's something that had to do with back in the 50s, and they find out it's a nuclear bomb. This one kind of has the same theme, but it's a short story, but it, it deals again with um, nuclear weapons. And um, another one I really enjoyed, and I hope there's a book that continues with this story because it ended very abruptly, <laughs> and I want to know what's going on. And it was um, Cowboy Justice by Andrew Borelli, and I enjoyed that. That was really suspenseful. And um, uh, one that had a good twist to it was, which one was it? It was about a girl. Oh, Rosalie Car Carrasco. 
uh, by Tomiko Breland. It was about these girls. They're kind of mean girls, basically. And they're bullies, and they bully this one girl. She tries to get back at them, and an accident happens, and somebody is killed. But it's, you know, she really goes into as much as she can with the short story into the characters and the reasoning behind them. You know, and that's kind of very present day situation with all the bullying that's going on. But I, most of the books, uh, most of the short stories I did enjoy. Um, I don't think there was one that I didn't. There was maybe three or four authors that I had not read before, so there may be something that I want to pick up on those, but I recommend Which it. Which year was that, the 2015? Right. As a side note, a lot of those best American mystery stories of the year volumes often tap into uh, the short story markets that are still out there. There are actually two monthly magazines, Ellery Queen Mystery Magazine and Arthur uh, Alfred Hitchcock Mystery Magazine, which continue to publish short stories, novelettes, and novellas on a monthly basis. So there is still a market for that short story mar uh, hmm. style other than just purely anthology. I'm Carolyn, and I read the mistletoe, mistletoe mystery also. And as Vera said, the um, introduction or, or the for, forward. Forward was interesting and then the uh, P.D.A. James's um, explanation of writing kind of really puts you into the mood of what to look for in the stories. And I read the four stories. I did like the mistletoe murder too where she was the narrator. All four of the stories were good. Easy to read. I feel like her books a lot of times are pretty dense. There's a lot in them. You know, you can't just sit down and breeze, breeze through at one of her books. Um, you really have to think about them as you're reading. And these um, short stories were a lot easier and a lot of fun to read. So I would recommend those. Thank you. I'm Jean, and I did a collection of Harry Kimmelman short stories because the Henry Kimmelman things came up last month. And... Um, my choice was the Nine Mile Walk. Gertie is a great-looking gal, especially since her face cleared up. That is a sentence that I used to put on my blackboard when my high school students were launching into literature because carefully led, they would then discern that the sentence did not actually say, Gertie looked like a pizza, but now she's okay. Uh, it's obviously a teenage boy talking to another teenage boy about a teenage girl who must have a marvelous shape, but now she's found Clarisol and, you know, things have changed. Uh, there are some other things that you can draw out of that sentence to all inferences, and that is the premise of the first story, The Nine Mile Walk. Uh, the uh, armchair detective, Nicky Welt, is a pure logician, and he's uh, told by his sidekick, who is currently a teacher, that he had just used a similar sentence to show his students that you could draw many inferences, and Welt sneers and says, yes, well, you can draw all kinds of inferences, but and they may be very logical, but they're not true. And this launches the story where they get a sentence, and drawing inferences from that sentence, Weld manages to solve a murder that has just taken place and get the criminals arrested. And at the very end of the story, of course, he realizes to his chagrin that he has drawn inferences 
but his were true. And so his whole point went up in smoke. But all of the stories are sheer logic solved by nothing but brain power. And for that reason, I really liked it. I'm a big fan of Kemmelman. I like his novels, and I adored his short stories. Hi, I'm Kathy. And I looked through my piles of books and picked the first anthology I came up with, which is Ellery Queen's anthology, Spring Summer 1976, Volume 31. Has three short novels, including one by Rex Stout and Ed McBain. And I've read the one by Rex Stout before, and I really think what they did is they took the novel and chopped it down. And then there's stories by John McDonald and Isaac Asimov and Ellery Queen. And most of them, I didn't really care one way or the other, but there were two or three that I liked, including one by Robert Fish in a country churchyard and a man who doesn't like his wife has managed to kill her, but he starts thinking that other people are suspecting him. And as it turns out, they're really thinking just the opposite. You know, they're not thinking he's guilty of anything. They're thinking he's, you know, really breaking down from losing his wife and stuff. But he's thinking that they're suspecting him. And basically, in the end, he thinks that they've caught him. And really, they think he's going to commit suicide. And so they're trying to stop him from doing that. But he does commit suicide because he thinks he's just been caught for murder when really just the opposite has happened. You know, it was okay. You know, and I'm sure some of the other ones in the Ellery Queen's line are, are better than this one just didn't hit me very well. My name is Laura and I went a little out of the box. I lost my mom this summer and she loved mummies so I read Into the Mummy's Tomb and it had of course what you would think Anne Rice and Edgar Allan Poe and uh, Bram Stoker which are more horror but it also had Agatha Christie and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and those kind of mysteries too so it was really fun to see him kill off the guy and blame it on the mummy which of course the mummy didn't do anything it was all pure <laughs> mystery and then it also had three um, that were nonfiction stories in there about true people that went in and actually hunt for mummies, including Tukacaman. So it was really, I, I enjoyed it. I just liked the whole book. My name is Susie, and I picked Creature Cozies. And I picked it because it was dark and dreary outside, <laughs> and winter was happening, and I decided that Creature Cozies, a menagerie of all new mysteries, uh, edited by Jill M. Morgan, where the cats and the dogs solve the mysteries were fun. I liked them all except one, um, which was just a little perverse for me. But the best were probably uh, Highest Best Use by J.A. Jantz and Diamond Dog by Dick Lochte. Um, it's, uh, one, two, three, four. it's probably 10 or 12 stories. Fast read, lots of fun, you know, basically just uh, the hints and all the rest. And the, the other nice touch was each of the authors introduced their own pet and explained whether that pet was this one or not or how it was related. So it kind of, it kind of personalized each of the stories. Obviously, no depth to any of the stories just moved right along because they were short stories. But it was enjoyable, and I would recommend it to anybody for a nice quick read. 
Well, for anybody listening to this as a podcast later, this is where this episode is going to end. Uh, if you don't attend Just Desserts, uh, you'll miss the rest of this, which is that we go on a round robin and everybody shares what else they've been reading lately and you get great reading suggestions. So join us on the last Thursday of the month, January through um, October at the South Branch Library and you can get a lot more reading suggestions in the future. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast from Lincoln City Libraries. If you would like to comment on this or any of our podcasts, you can do so by visiting our podcast page at lincolnlibraries.org slash podcasts, where you can also download our podcasting theme music for use as your ringtone. You can become a fan of our podcast by searching for Lincoln City Libraries Podcasts on Facebook. Mm-hmm.